I love that one. That just has a nice groove that you can, anybody think, I'm gonna tell you, that's the, like the last thing I think of at night and first song that goes through my mind in the morning, God is on the throne. How many of you think that'd be a good idea to get that established every moment of every day? First things, God, you're in control, I'm not, you are. We recognize that. So last week we talked about, uh, began, our, began our series called God Confident. We talked about just in the needs of life, the daily needs of life, and I wanna continue that today. And just a reminder again, that no matter what you think, you are not, absolutely not in control. Now, um, I think the quote I had from last week that I'll bring forward that Dave had texted to me, Dave Bond, said basically, God can do more with your surrender than you could ever do with your control. I wanna tell you, you're not in control. Those that think you are, you're probably the most out of control. So let's look at that today now. Pain comes from in a lot of different ways to our life. I mean, it could be physical, it could be emotional, but I, I think the greater pain really comes from the inside out. It rages because a lot of times it's uh, out of sight and uh, those battles rage within. And sometimes we don't even realize what the trigger points are. Sometimes it could be something connected with the past, whatever, connecting to this present moment. But I know there are some of us with this sound of my voice today, everybody may think you look so strong, but inside you're trembling, you feel very weak. Some of you come across as just so confident, you got things together, but inside you're kind of shaky, you're insecure. Or here's a good one, how you doing? Great, great, great. I mean, you're, you're, you're saying you're happy, but on the inside you're hurting. Or you may seem to be brave, but you may be struggling with fear. I don't know what it is. Words like overwhelmed or irritable or discouraged or uncertain, struggling, uh, insecure, pressured, mostly cloudy, cloud-covered. Paul addressed these things in the scripture in Philippians 4, and I want us to read it out loud again. And uh, please, no, monetar- no monotone reading, okay? When you're reading scripture, it helps to come alive to me if I put emphasis on words where the emphasis is there. Oh, by the way, an aside, uh, thank you for all the appreciation cards and things that you've been giving to staff, and thank you, I'm not just getting autographed cards anymore. I love it. Does that ring a bell? And I know that's gonna carry over the blessings. Don't just send me a card. I'd rather have one sentence from your heart than just sign your name, your signature, okay? I never was in collecting autographs. You're doing good, you're doing good. Hey, reminder too, Last chance, we're having a come to the table tonight, Monday. Many of you have been invited. If you're newer, if you haven't signed up, please do that. That's gonna happen tonight. We wanna make sure you don't have to stop my McDonald's on your way home, so we wanna have enough food to cover you and yours. So please, please do that. Looking forward to a great time. Thank the Lord for this weather, huh? I think we've had at least three seasons this week, don't you, in Ohio? I think maybe there were some snow flurries along the way. Well, let's read this out loud, okay, from where you are. Let, if, you, if you can, let's just stand in honor of God's word. I like to do that sometimes. And let's read it with emphasis, okay? And when we get to the end of the slide, uh, we'll wait until the, the next one's there, okay? Here we go, out loud together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Is that a good one or not? Let's claim it. Be seated if you will. 
Please remember the context that Paul was writing out of personal experience. He was living in the reality that he was writing about. He was in Rome, but not to do all the wonderful preaching and, and appealing to the masses that he thought he was gonna have the opportunity to do. Instead, he had an uncertain future because he wasn't the preacher, he was known as the prisoner. But see, here, here's, here's the thing we can draw from this truth. Just because he was in prison, did that limit God using him? We're still talking about it today, aren't we? All those years later. So listen, my takeaway is this. If God could use Paul in prison, then he can use you wherever you are. Does anybody believe that maps in our day and time? Certainly it does. Draw strength from that. He was writing what he knew and experienced. Stress and anxiety caused by all the things mentioned earlier that I mentioned may bring up severe cases of anxiety. I know it's complex. I know there's no, no easy answer. I believe absolutely in Jesus. I believe in God's power. I believe in good counseling. I believe in all the things. But today, I wanna focus primarily on the spiritual side of it. That may not be the only or the end, but I wanna tell you, that should definitely be the beginning. And that's what I wanna get across today, that the first thing we do, not the last thing, God will take us any old way, any old time, but the first thing we do is go to him. So whatever inner pain you may be experiencing today, this passage contains the answer. What is it? What's his admonition, his command? Pray about everything. Could we say that together? Pray about everything. I think everything's a pretty big word. I mean in this passage, all and everything, God is present with you. It says there, the Lord is near. We must become willing to pray all the way through the pain. There's other passages of scripture that says, okay, basically this. When are we done praying? Never. What's it say? Pray without stopping. Pray without ceasing. You're never done. Are you ever done praying for your kids and grands? Nah, those rascals, you, you think you've got them prayed all the way through and you need another round of prayer, don't you? Doesn't matter if they're 11, 21, 31, 41. It doesn't matter. Don't stop praying. The Lord says, pray about everything. When I was a kid, the altars were a big deal. I'm sure that's why they're so precious to my heart now. I loved at the end of service, we, the first service, many people used the altar, and I, we're gonna do it again at the end. We're gonna bring the teens forward as well, and, and our, our middle school will be joining us. We're gonna pray a covering over their, their, their retreat that they have coming up this week that can truly be life-changing. But I loved it because that's, that's where I learned so much about prayer. I just kind of picked it up through osmosis because in my home, I'd wake up to my parents praying. We prayed family devotions. I was around the altar. I was at my mother's elbow many times when she led people to faith in Jesus Christ. And we used to have a saying that people had to pray all the way through something. And I'm gonna tell you, there was warfare that went on at our altars and I can remember as a kid, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, delaying lunch because, man, there was war happening at the altars or Sunday night or whatever, it could be a revival. Do you remember one of those times, Judy? We're kinda cut out of the same piece of cloth, weren't we? And they say you gotta pray all the way through. And, and what, what it meant was that, that you not only go to the cross and meet Jesus, but you pray all the way to, to, to a place, through to a place of surrender. And that's not the end, that's just a new start, that's a new beginning. That's where you go, it's not focusing on something because something represents the whole of who you are. And I'll say again, if God has you, he has that thing. So that's where the struggle was. Sometimes it took hours for people to get to a place of surrender. Sometimes they weren't willing to go there and they left defeated. Hopefully there was more to the story, but I still believe in praying all the way through, don't you? Through. Pray without ceasing, that's present tense active, never ever stop. <clears throat> All right. Have you ever had to do battle with warning lights in your life? Or devices or something that give you prompts or alerts? 
Does anybody, have, have you ever been frustrated? I gotta tell you, one of my, one of the, my biggest gripes on, on a vehicle, a newer vehicle, is the low tire pressure gauge. Does that test anybody's religion besides me? Especially in Ohio, because in Ohio, anytime there's a change 10 to 20 degrees, that thing goes off, low tire pressure. So I go around, kick the tires, no flat. I get my compressor out, and it's full, but you know, so I let some out and put it back in, and a lot of times it won't go off. So I have to go to the one who can do something about it, right? That's our problem sometimes. We don't go to the one who can do something about it. We tend to cover it up or hide it, out of sight, out of mind. And you know what? I don't know about you, but my gauges tend to go off at the least convenient times. Does that happen for you or is it just me? Well, you take your vehicle to the problem solver and hopefully they will. Well, I wanna suggest today that that inner pain, some of the struggles we have sometimes, those things we feel, we, I, I talk about God promise when he wants us to speak up or to do something or to share or be generous for sure, but I think he also gives us some alerts because he wants to point us to the one and help us to go to the one who made us. When we don't know what to do, we can't fix it, we can't fix anybody else. He says, come to me all your, your laden, heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Rest. He's directing us to the one that can do something about you. So I'm saying the God prompts or the God alerts aren't bad, they're good. It's a time, I would say, Judy, for us to pray now. It's a prompt, pray now. Okay, I'm in pain, I'm struggling. What do I need to do? Do I need to wring my hands in worry and despair? I'm not sure we can worry and pray at the same time. I think some of us think we're praying when we're really worrying out loud. But somewhere along the line, it's okay however it starts, but I think it morphs into, into prayer, and then your God confidence begins to grow because you say, wait a second, what? Oh, do you love those words? Why should I weary? Why should I fear? Because I'm safe in his arms, safe in his heart. Nothing can take me away from his love. Do we have any takers out there? Nothing, no thing, no person, no circumstance can take you away from his love. Absolutely. Oh, I love it, I love it. It's a signal to pray now. That, that inner pain isn't a sin, it's a signal. Look to the one who can help you. I was thinking about alerts too. Um, some of the things that annoy us the most are alerts we think would be a good idea. Like I do some different Bible reading plans and I set alerts to remind me of it and I'm always ticked off when they remind me because I'm thinking, what do they think I do? Don't read my Bible every day? And I set it. Or Dixie and her alarm. Happened this morning. She gets up at the crack of dawn, dawn's early light, before then, maybe five o'clock a lot of times, and she leaves her phone just out of reach. <laughs> and so it goes off this morning, and this annoying whatever, so I forget what the tone is, I should have it down by now. But about when I get used to one annoyance, she changes the, to a different tune or something. Can you relate to that? And I look at her phone, I mean, she has like 12 alarms set. Yeah. I mean, 5, 5.15, 5.30, I, You don't believe me, do you? I'll tell you. Finally, okay, I'm awake already. I get the memo. Well, we're not alone with the inner pain, and I think Jesus, we know, fully God, fully man, but the man's side, for sure, absolutely, experienced so much inner pain and misunderstanding when he was going to the garden, praying before the Father, suffering the, the crucifixion, facing that and death, unspeakable uh, torture. And I think Jesus throughout his life reminds us this, and he's telling us again practically today, if something, as I mentioned before, is big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Would you agree? What's the scripture say again? Pray about everything, everything. 
I'll say it another way. I love this. Reminds me of a country song, maybe, if I could, could get my mind on it, but, but I'll say it this way. That if something's on your mind, then it is on God's heart. Did you catch that? If something is on your mind, think about it. We've been singing, think about it. If, if you're thinking about something, that's on God's heart. It is. It is. If we carry that with a spouse or with kids or grands or whatever, other people we love, how much more does God do that for us? And you know what it, what it is. Your grand or loved one may not be here, but you're carrying a burden. It's heavy on your heart. It's on your mind, but better than anything, it's on the heart and mind of Almighty God. And he can do something about it in ways that you can't even think or imagine. So Philippians 4, 6 says it again. And by the way, I'll give you an A plus. I don't like to just give away A pluses, extra credit. I'll give you an A for the way you read it this morning with emphasis. That was good. That was the best one yet. We're gonna be really good by the time two more weeks have gone by. But here it goes again. Don't worry about anything. That's a strong word. I probably violated that this week. Anybody else join me? It's lonely up here. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Now, I'm not suggesting that he's gonna agree with you. He may say, that's what you want. You're getting your knees and ones confused, but tell him anyway. Tell God what you need. And by the way, thank him for all he's done. I can't wait for the blessing season, except I want it to slow down and go slow motion. I love it. We'll be having the kickoff. Some of us are way behind on our Thanksgiving, aren't we? We pray, 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 pray. Well, we better be testifying to the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. Should we not? We need to be as quick about telling the goodness and the faithfulness of God as we are about making our requests known to him. I think about this, pray about everything. And for me, it's just like pretty being born athletically. I come alive still at 67. I can't do anything about it. But when somebody gives me a ball and a ball in my hands, I don't care if it's a baseball, basketball, football, my body, it comes alive. And I, for a moment, I think I can do all these things I used to do. And then flat on my face. But it's hard for me to believe that there's some people that feel foreign if they have a ball in their hand. Well, that's how I felt about prayer because it was surrounding me, as I mentioned before, just like it was a normal part of life. But what I'm reminded in this message today is that some of you really don't know how to pray and you really struggle. We can never take that for granted. Those of you that are prayer warriors have been praying, we've gotta be patient. We're trying to bring everybody along, aren't we? We don't just have our warriors out there beyond the horizon. We have those that are straggling along behind on the journey, and we want to take everybody along. So I just want to give some practical steps there. I want to tell you the good news. There are no proper prayer rules. Is anybody glad about that? There are none. I mean, I hear things like, how do I address God? I mean, what do I say? Do I pray Jesus' name? What, what do I pray? What do I call him? How do I begin and end my prayers? I get started, but I don't know how to end. I go, well, that's good. Just keep it open the whole day. Keep it open the whole day. Does he get angry when I fall asleep praying? I just want to dismantle that. No, I can't think of a better way to fall asleep than praying, talking to the one you love. Would you agree with that? God's not offended when you fall asleep. I told you again, just homespun stories about Dixie. Uh, she has a gift of sleep. I mean, but you know where we live there at, at Lincoln Farms? By the time we hit 30 going somewhere, she can be asleep. And then about halfway towards, towards 71, she'll wake up and say, do you want me to drive? Right, 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 right. So we used to sing a lot. Our family used to sing a lot in the vehicle, and she and I still do from time. She'll start singing, I start singing. So we were singing along, and all of a sudden she just fades away, and I look over, her gum falls out of her mouth. In the middle of singing, she is sound asleep. Can you believe that? So I waited. 
And I went, I mean, just a few, I mean, I waited. And finally, I just gave her a gentle nudge. And she came back right in singing where she left off before. Can you believe that? So that's good because maybe that's what we'll do with God. Maybe we'll go to sleep praying and we'll wake up. That's probably the best thing you can do for insomnia. I mean, start worshiping, praying, thanking God, start praying, and uh, that'll, you'll probably fall asleep. So I don't wanna belabor that, but some of you thought it was bad to be falling asleep. We're just glad you're praying and God's glad too. Saying I haven't heard from you for a while. I'll take it any way I can get it. You don't have to use formal language either. I grew up with that. You know, those formal, I mean, oh, I just wonder what it would be like to pray like some of these prayer warriors. And here's the problem. Do I have to pray good prayers like I hear others pray? No. Some of the most touching uh, goosebump prayers I've ever heard in my life are from number one new Christians, and I've even heard them throw a swear, swear word or two in there not thinking about it or little babies or little kids. Don't you love those prayers? There are times around our home now when a, when a grand will say, oh, I wanna pray and pray. You know, other times like pulling tooth, who wants to pray? Nobody. And they can change their mind. They can go, oh, and then no. But sometimes they pray the most simple down-to-earth prayers. And don't you know that God's attentive to those? So we ought to go to school on that and know that, that that's how we approach God. How we approach him is anyway from where we are within the context of who we are. We don't need to pray to a relational God in a formal way. He loves you. He just wants you to communicate and connect with him right now. That's why I love this pray now. Says, When's the best time to pray? Right now. First thought, pray about anything and everything. Point and praise, whatever the case may be. The absolute best prayers that I know of, though he loves, are the ones that come straight from our heart to his We're not praying to anybody else. I don't care how you start, but just begin to communicate with him. Paul says to pray about everything because God wants to hear it all. Even though he knows it all, he wants to hear it all. And isn't that true? I mean, don't you feel better when you've talked to a friend and you can really bear your soul? That doesn't mean everything's fixed because you've been able to share it, but doesn't it help you to do that? Of course it does because you know you're not carrying the burden alone. God knows, but he still needs to hear us say it. He, wants it. he knows it's good for us to, to, to talk about what's going on. Praying about everything, why? Because he cares for us. It's absolutely incorrect to hold anything back. You don't have to hold anything back. I mean, sometimes with people, we need to exercise tact. But when it comes to praying, we don't have to exercise tact. Just let it all hang out because he knows exactly what you're thinking and what you're feeling anyway. Pray in your own words from the heart. Let your needs be known. That's what I see in this passage. We have three children. I didn't plan on giving all these homespun illustrations that just come to mind. This one I planned on. We have three children, and when they were young, they all let their needs be known in a different way. Can any of you relate to this, having kids or grands? in different and distinct ways within the context of personality. This would surprise you, but Nate was into long, repeated chats and negotiation. Can you believe that? That's how he let his means be known, repeatedly. Caleb used few words, seldom asked for anything, but he got right to the point. Hillary took a while to get what she wanted because she had to think it through and figure it all out ahead of time because everything had to just be lined up. 
Well, I say that with a smile because you can smile about your family, your grands or whatever, but the bottom line is that we were attentive to every one of them. It doesn't matter the context of your personality, et cetera, anything like that. Use your own ways to express your heart to God. He loves it when you do that. He loves it when you connect with him. Say it, sing it, write it, sigh it, shout it, enjoy. Be loud in frustration or anger, whatever method you use. God can handle it and he can also untangle it and interpret it, yes? Just do it. I jotted in the margin, just do it. That's one of the best things you can do with somebody you love to connect and communicate with them. One of the worst things to do is to hold them away and, and, and stiff arm them and not talk. That's, that's one of the, 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 the most hurtful things that could happen. Your heavenly Father, almighty God, who created the universe and hears every prayer, isn't too busy for you. He loves it when you absolutely go straight to him with whatever need is on your heart. Let your needs be known. And so that pain, that inner struggle, whatever it may be, what you're going through and what somebody's helping you going through, it's, it's like a prompt, it's a signal to go to God with your needs, the one who created you, loves you, and can help you. He is near. He wants to hear from uniquely you. He doesn't need somebody else's canned prayer. He wants to hear uniquely from you. First Peter speaks to it in chapter five, five B and in there it says, all of you clothe yourselves in humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Six, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. And I don't know about you, but I think it's very humbling to come before him and tell him our needs. I can't fix me, I can't change anybody else, I can't do that. So Lord, I bring you me. We're awfully good. I think we're better about bringing sometimes other people to the Lord than we are bringing ourselves to him. Huh, just a thought. Seven, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I'm gonna stop right there. How much anxiety, how much pain are you to cast on him? He wants you to dump on him. He wants you to unload on him. Not just one time, but all the time. I'll say again, Peter undoubtedly knew about anxiety and stress that he was creating for himself. He got himself into all kinds of jams, as you know. But I think he learned, who could we go to but you? He said at one point, Lord, who can we go to but you? I'll talk about that maybe just a little more in a minute about Peter. But I wanna say this again. I may have touched on this last week, but stress-filled or pain-filled seasons in our life, at the extremes of the great things or the most difficult times, it's easy, as we learned from Elijah, Elijah last week, it's easy in those times not to put God first and to forget about his goodness and faithfulness, to forget about his command to bring everything to him. That's not just the bad things, that's the good things of life, and we tend to give him leftovers. I think about it in terms of being a tither, what Dixie and I are, that means we return the first 10% plus every single week, I believe in it. I believe it's a non-negotiable discipline and it's a joy to do it. But I wanna suggest the same thing that we do in prayer in all seasons of life, especially when you don't feel like you have time or you don't need to or you don't want to pray. Pray all the way through things. Keep talking to God about it. The The truth is, someone said long ago in a book title, you are too busy not to pray and I am too busy not to pray. So pray about everything because he's our one stop source.
the painful alerts or prompts help us to go to the one who cares about us when we feel down, depleted, discouraged, encouraged, dread, overwhelmed, whatever the case may be. I was thinking about that verse in 1 Peter again, humble yourselves and he may lift you up in due time. You remember Peter was a disciple willing to take a risk, especially with his mouth before his body got there and he got all kinds of trouble. But you know what he did? He was the one when Jesus was walking by the disciples in, in, in the midnight hour, he was walking on water. What was, Peter was the one that put a leg over the boat and before he knew it, he was on the water walking. I don't know what the others were thinking, but he was walking, and as we know, somewhere along the line, something distracted him, and, and he began floundering and sinking. But isn't it interesting, you know, instead of walking on water, he began treading water. Boy, some of us are there, aren't we? We've been treading for so long, and we're, we're like a dog paddling to keep afloat, and we're about ready to wear out. But I find it interesting, and I think this is a takeaway for us too, because the scriptures go on, if you read the story, to tell that Jesus simply lifted his hand and restored him, obviously, to the water's surface. He didn't berate him. He didn't say, what's wrong with you? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? He just lifted him out. He met him where he was. Do you see the life principle there? The same is true for us. It seems like we're in this cycle sometimes. Circumstances get complicated, out of our control, so we begin to feel anxious, we're uh, fearful, worried. We have a sense of dread. We try to take control and make things happen, to fix things, whatever, and the more we try to control, the more we fear losing it. The bigger mess happens. Anxiety begins to rise up within us to higher levels, and it saturates all the areas of our life, especially relationships. You may, like Peter, feel like you're going down, sinking. This anxiety cycle, this painful cycle, it has to be broken. I'll say it again this way. You don't always have the power to control things, but you do have the power to surrender if you supply the will that's powered by the Holy Spirit. But that's what we're talking about. I gave the testimony of, of uh, Glow, Member Cooley, last week about that battle to, to surrender her will. Jesus is extending his hand to you right now. He's reaching out because he wants you to, to reach up and, and, and generally speaking, you're, you're gonna have your hands extended like that. We've been talking palms up and that's, about, that's a posture of receiving and giving. Complete surrender. Let's go back to Philippians 4 and 5 again of chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Sounds like my mother. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to, to all. The encouraging words are what? No matter where you are, the Lord is near. God is near. I talked to you last week out of this passage. He whispers because he is so near. Oh, you're so caught up trying to control things that you're not willing to stop and let him be near and close and lean in to hear what he has to say. Heart to heart. Lean in and listen. His presence is there. Let me read it all again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Boy, I have a circle around that because that's ongoing. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live, as you negotiate life, as you deal with life, as you live in Jesus Christ. He'll take you all the way through it. 
To me, this whole idea of praying about everything, it's a definite act of God confidence. I'm going to go to the one who is and always has been. I'm going to go to the one who's made it all. I go to you. Forgive me if I told this last week because I, I talked to so many different things and people and groups. I, I can't remember who I said what to, but I think I told you. But I, there's twofold. I, I was talking to a person when this came to mind who's a fighter and a struggler. But I think about a lot of you that have lost loved ones in the last, you know, in the last weeks, months, years, and, and I see a stand and all of that. But I said to this person again, but I say it to all of you, and some of you are in this room today. I said, I want to tell you that from my point of view as your pastor, I do not view you as a needy person. But I said, I want to tell you that you sure are needed. How do you know it's a really good thing to be needed by God? Huh? That's, we're talking significance, purpose, joy. So we don't look to another person. We look to God. And he says, I love you so much, you're needed. And I went on to say this, and I've told a number of people recently to clarify. I'm walking along as your pastor through this pain. I've been doing this a lot of years, but here I am, 67 years old, and I'm learning from you on your journey. And I said, I don't know if I'm helping you, but you sure are helping me. And in helping me, I want you to know that you are helping me help others. Does that make sense to you? I had some of those conversations and prayers this morning. And I'm listening. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. And I would say the same thing to you. Well, here's the quote for the week. I don't mean to quote this text every week, but they've been right on. So here's, here's this week's that I got, some of you got. Remember, the circumstances you ask God to change are often the circumstances God is using to change you. Ouch. Take it away, take it away, take it away. He says, I'll let you go through it, through it, through it, because through it, I want to change you. As Andre wrote, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, learned to trust in God. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. Sometimes it's too, too fresh to talk about anybody except for him but he wants to use it. I love that. I love that. Those words come to mind again that we sang about. We're gonna close with a different song here. But I love it. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? Why should I run? When Jesus is here, I'm safe in his arms, safe in his heart, and nothing can take me away. Does that encourage you? It does me. For sure. I think one of the things that we can do to be reminded to pray now, those prompts, is just to say the name of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if you do that enough, it almost becomes a reaction, and not in a vain sense, not in a, in a, in a cheap sense, but, but you call out his name. You call out his name. I saw Bill Gaither interviewed. What a, what a man of God. He and his wife have been through the years as, as well, and Gloria, and the songs they've written and, and the influence, the things they've been open to, to to give stages to other people. But they were talking about songs like about there's something about that name, Jesus. There's something about your name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after a rain. Jesus, let heaven and earth proclaim kings and kingdoms may all pass away. But there's something about that name. I think they're writing about the peace we talked about, God is near. Don't you? Jesus, he's close. He wants to hear from us. Go to him. First choice, first stop.
So here's what I want us to do as we wrap up. In a little while, at some point, the middle school is going to join us, and we're going to pray for the, the teens. But before that, I want us to pray collectively, okay? Could we do that? And I want us to pray the Lord's Prayer out loud. And we've, we've had a big thing recently. We've been trying to teach our kids, and, and we've been giving them rewards if they'll come to us and pray that prayer. And probably say it a lot of times, but, you know, this is Jesus' answer to when, how should we pray? And so as we pray this together in the King James Version, you know, forgive our debts, we forgive our debtors. In earth as it is in heaven, in, not on. Um, I want us to pray it, and I want us to emphasize the words and phrases. And I pray that in light of what we've shared today, pray about everything. This is a model prayer, and, and there may be a phrase in this prayer as we pray it that just comes, just jumps out at you and bites you today. And that's a good, good thing. So I'm going to invite you to stand if you can. And even as we conclude today, I, I want you to know that the altars are open, and I loved it. A number of people use it. We just, I can't stress it enough. Regardless of the ten, teens coming come in a while, we can pray. If, if there's something that you're behind on Thanksgiving, if you're just consumed with the pain, it's a prompt. It's a prompt to pray. It's a signal that you need to pray. It's right now, right now. Well, I've done it before. We'll do it again. We never get done praying. So I want to invite you to come. I want you to come. Invite you to come. Come to the, the altar, stairs, whatever. Come alone. Come with a group, friends. I don't care who it is, but let's let our requests be made known. Let's let's do this in obedience to what Jesus said. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Please, again, don't, don't pray it in just a monotone, but would you, would you ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to, to just prompt those phrases that have significance to you? Come on, out loud, everyone. Here we go. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and our as we forgive our debts, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And everyone said, would you lead us? We sang God is on the throne. And now I just want to repeat what we sang last week. Speak the name of Jesus. Would you do that? Would you just breathe out that name? Would you speak it? Would you go to him? Whatever's on your heart today, if you're exploding with joy, go to him. Talk to him about it. Put feet to it. I just invite you to come, stand, kneel, pray. You can do it where you are at home. Would you do that if you're in a group? Hold hands and just do that. Speak the name of Jesus into any situation that you're involved in. Here we go. Sing it along. Sing along with you.